1: Welcome to Modern Musicology. My name is Alan and I am here with my co host, Rob. Hello. Anthony. Greetings. And Stephanie Seymour. Hello. How's everybody doing tonight? We are grand. Good. Fantastic. Awesome. I'm going to get us started this week with a listener feedback. Um, Stephanie posted our, our last episode on her Facebook page and Um, A lot of people responded to it, but one in particular, um, a gentleman named Paul Moshella wrote, (laughs) wrote, (laughs) I'm halfway through it and love it. They had me when they mentioned uh, Lloyd Cole Rattlesnakes, um, a recent vinyl night selection for me. And then you came along with Murder by Numbers, one of my all time fave police tunes. Looking forward to the rest of the show. So thank you so much for listening, Paul and, or Mo. And I hope that the second half of the show didn't disappoint. I hope that you enjoyed it just as much as the first half.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's so cool because my husband started this whole thing. They're, they the, the, my friends, they all do this vinyl night. So they'll pick, you know, songs or an albums yep. that they like to do. And they'll, I, they'll have a Zoom call about it every, yep. uh, every couple of weeks. That's my exactly. Tuesdays. Yeah. That's awesome. You want to I don't even want into my husband's violin. So no,
2: thanks. <laughs> wow. this I kind of want to interrupt. This week's, this week's was the Ethel Merman disco album.
1: Well, Oh, no. That's awful. That's, no. Um, um, terrible. Terrible.
2: Yeah. Well, there's one guy who makes it a point to pick the worst things he can find.
1: He did. And it's he did a good job.
2: It's utterly fast because before we did Tiny Tim. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but the most of the time it's great.
3: Yeah. See, I've I've had friends who do bad movie nights. I'm wondering if you know yours is at risk of turning into a bad album night, Rob.
2: No, because most of the time, idea, most of the time, yeah, most of the time, it's been fine. Um, we did Cloud Busting by uh, the Lightning Seeds. We did the House of Love first album. We did Psycho Candy. We did Jimi Hendrix Experience. Uh, we did Revolver. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but we did a um, a Leon Redbone record which was way out of my zone, uh, which was interesting. And then we did Lady Sings the Blues. And yeah, we've been all over the blues. Good stuff. Yeah, Guy this week is doing um, uh, Dvorak's New World Symphony.
1: Oh, oh my gosh. Nice. Oh, I love Dvorak so much.
2: Yeah, I do too. But I I was like, okay, so that's kind of the range.
1: Mm -hmm. Very cool. I'm going to get us started on our shout outs this week because – this past week, um, an actress that I've loved for most of my life, Nichelle Nichols, passed away. And um, most people, when they think of, when they hear the name Nichelle Nichols, uh, immediately goes to Star Trek. And of course, you know that's what she's most famous for. But I'm bringing her up on um, our show because she is she, her expectation when she was first starting out was that she was going to be. A, in musical theater. That's what she wanted to do. Broadway was in her sights. Like that was her career goal. And uh, she did a lot of around the LA area and then touring the country uh, in bands with Duke Ellington and Lionel Hampton and other jazz greats. So she has this whole musical pedigree that a lot of people just aren't familiar with and um the reason that i'm bringing that up is because that feeds into my shout outs this week in addition to listening to the new beyonce album um i've been spending a lot of time with nichelle's recordings and she recorded two albums the first one was called down to earth and it's from 1967 when star trek was on the air and it's uh predominantly uh, american standards and it is phenomenal It is so, so good. She had such an amazing singing voice and the arrangements are great and the orchestration is great. And um, I I just thought it was such an amazing album. And I hadn't heard it before and I'm not sure how well known that album is. In 91, she did a second album called Out of This World. Mm -hmm. I'm not as fond of it. And mostly because of the production it is like the the cheesiest of 80s productions but in 1991 and uh you know she sounds great on it but the the material it's all like a newly written material for that album as opposed to covers of standards and didn't enjoy it as much um and i think she leans a little too heavily on the hey everybody i used to be in star trek on that album whereas in down to earth it sounds like she's establishing herself as a recording artist as yeah. an original artist and um i just love that first album so much so i encourage mm-hmm. anyone who's interested to go spotify amazon wherever you go and and track these albums down they're they're thoroughly enjoyable listens.
2: i i played a track from that this week and people called and were like what is this we didn't even know she sang we didn't yeah. it is just such an eye opening record because you hear it and you're like you forget all the fame associated with the name and just listen to the voice it is yeah. amazing and you're dead on right about the production it's 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 so nuanced and you know it, you you listen to that and you feel like you're in a nightclub listening to a, night, a mm. really great nightclub singer
0: yeah, Agreed. I was pretty blown away by that song that you sent around on the chat. I, I didn't know she was a singer, and I was just shocked. She was, yeah. Ama- she was yeah. amazing, yeah.
1: She has said in interviews that her, her gaze was fully set on Broadway, huh. and Star Trek came along and interrupted her plans.
3: Wow. <laughs>
0: Unbelievable.
1: So, Rob, go ahead and do your shout-outs, whatever you've got.
2: So I wanted to do a shout-out as well, because uh, this week, like l- the last two weeks have just been brutal. Um I've been listening to a lot of the Bernard Cribbins records and Bernard Cribbins was an actor for Anthony, you'll correct me, like almost 70 years, right? 70. years. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, about his about career 70 years. Span. And he made these, you know, he, some of his records were Calypso. Some of them were just really cheesy pop. Some of them were just like silly. The most famous record he made was called right said Fred, which was later copped by a, a band. But, um, his records from 62 to 65 are just fun. Right. Um, so listen to those. They are completely different than Michelle Nichols' albums, which are very smooth. These are very much a performer that's like making a record. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but that's what's beautiful about it. It's just someone making a record because it's fun. So the other thing I, I, I want to mention, too, is I've been listening to uh, the new Kiwi Junior record called Chopper. Um, they sound a lot, the singer sounds a lot like the Strokes, but the music is, is much more sophisticated. Um, the, the the Strokes and it's their second album. They're from Toronto. It's a hoot. If you like the band, the national, uh, you might want to listen to the Maggie Rogers album Shatter. It sounds like a really good, um, it sounds like a quieter Joan Jett fronting the national and it's just the songwriting on. It's really great. It's just a really good record. And then also uh, a band called tallies and they have an album called Patina. I am a sucker. For all the bands of the 80s and 90s, if it sounded like Lush or My Bloody Valentine, I am your guy, right? And this kind of sounds like that and it's seeing <laughs> sick stuff uh, along the way. And then a book actually, um, I got it at a, at a thrift store um, called From Music Hall to Yeah Yeah. And it's by Gareth Jones. It's a complete history of French pop. And it is amazing because I love French pop, but I know nothing about it. So um, that's really great as well. And those are my deep dives.
1: All right, Anthony. I know you've been listening to a lot of stuff this week, and you promised us a big surprise. So go ahead and give us your
3: list. I will start with the surprise because it kind of leads on from our last show. And um, Rob and Alan certainly have been fully aware of one of the bands that I've gone on record as saying I dislike. And since we have a new (laughs) co-host, I figured I would actually indulge Stephanie's music taste and give right. you two another shot. Nice.
0: Did I influence you,
3: Anthony? <laughs> A little
2: bit. <laughs> did and, and you find to what me... you were looking for? No, stop.
3: <laughs> I did. That's not one of the songs that I found that I really liked though. Um yeah. so basically, after Stephanie talked about Sweetest Thing last week, I went and tracked down the original B-side version of that. And thank you sent so it much, by the way. You're more than welcome. It, it didn't take long. Um but that got me kind of going. You oh, know, I remember this song, and it was it was pretty good. Let me let me try a few others, and I went through all of the kind of staples. Um, the you know were the, the kind of their biggest ones: Sunday Bloody Sunday, Pride in the Name of Love. They weren't quite hitting the mark. Um, and then I started re-listening to what was coming out when I was a kid and as a teenager. And to my great surprise, I found I really like Staring at the Sun from the pop album. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed oh, okay. that. Great that's track. Song. I like Vertigo. Vertigo is great. Mm-hmm. You know, very. You know me. I'm a rock guy and that's very, very rocky. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'm starting to come around to a few U2 songs. Uh-oh. They are All no right. longer in the same category as Guns N' Roses for me. <gasps>
2: Tell me you don't like Guns N' Roses. Wait a minute. I don't like, I don't like Guns N' Roses. What? I'm need to influence them some more. And, okay. and
0: I uh,
1: mean, with Guns N'
2: Roses.
0: Other bands, too, I see. I, mean, okay.
2: I know Rich, Rich Fortas. I know he's a nice
3: guy. I just, yeah. I really like Guns N' Roses musically. I just can't stand Axel's vocals. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, otherwise, I think they're great. I really love Velvet Revolver, but I'm going off topic. Um, So other shout-outs, I know Alan already mentioned it, uh, that he's been listening to it, but I've been listening to the new Beyonce album. And um, again, that's probably a little outside of what I would normally listen to, but I really enjoyed Lemonade when it came out. And I see where she was going with this new album. Um, I actually think it's probably very good, but it's not really my cup of tea. I'll put it like that. Um, Yeah. I think Lemonade was more interesting because it was a lot more expansive in the kind of genres it covered whereas this tends to be very house funk um and those kind of 70s and 90s african-american music genres which Mm -hmm. i can understand the appeal i can even see the talent in it but it's not quite to my musical taste yeah Um, mm -hmm. and and i i kind of enjoyed it um it, i enjoyed uh, it too it's just not going to yeah. be something i come back to time and time again in right. the same way that i do with lemonade
1: right mm-hmm. and but th- 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 kind of the problem that i have is that everything kind of comes across like written by committee because there's yeah you know 10 to 14 songwriters per song so there's no excuse for it to not be good if you've got that many people contributing to a five-minute song i actually think
3: or that's you why know, i was why. say i think that is the excuse yeah. that's yeah. too many cooks spoil the broth. yeah exactly exactly, exactly. Um, I I did think it was interesting because parts of it, particularly the house parts sounded like late night rate, like late night Friday, Saturday night radio in the UK in like late 90s, early 2000s. And I was like, oh, I remember, you know, being in the back of a cab with my parents coming back from a friend, you know, a family friend's house at like 1130 at night. And this sounding exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have two more things for shout outs, if I may. Um, So one of my favorite YouTubers, a guy called Pat Finity, he does this series called What Makes This Song Stink. And he's, he's a comedian and he's also a musician. So these are normally really, really funny takes on songs that a lot of time kind of deservedly should have a little bit of stick thrown their way. I mean, he's done Kryptonite by Three Doors Down in the past and a couple of other things. But he took on emo girl by machine gun kelly and willow (sighs) and as part of it so firstly he's really funny definitely go check it out um but as part of it he he actually interviews a an actual proper punk band not a pop punk band uh he interviews the singer of the chats who are an australian band and i kind of from the clips he played i was like oh this is I'm kind of digging this, so I went and checked them out, and they're really good. They are. I've been really enjoying them. They're completely bonkers. Yes. Um, very Australian. Um, it's kind of funny to hear punk sung with the heavy Australian accent, but um, really, really enjoyable, and particularly love their song Smoko.
1: And you sent that to all of us, and I listened to it, and I was like, I have got to hear more. <laughs> so I just let the album play, and it is nuts but i enjoyed it so much
3: yeah I, I know you pointed out in the chat that one of the songs he starts the drummer starts counting it off and then it's in a completely different <laughs> <Yeah. time laughs>
1: signature. <is> so wacko. <laughs> <laughs> oh i loved it i loved it so much
3: yeah i mean you know it's punk they don't want to conform to anything right. including time signatures, right. including time exactly. signatures. <laughs> exactly
1: okay those are great picks steph What's been in your ears?
0: Okay, well, you know, I'm usually uh, telling you about something old <laughs> I've been listening to, but I t- this week have some something new, Uh-oh. Um, and it's Daniel Anwa's new single called "My All." Oh, um, awesome. It's just a simple, beautiful piano. It's an instrumental. It's piano, mm-hmm. um, and I read that it was written uh, sort of as a tribute to his brother who died. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's funny because I'm not really like one for an instrumental too much. I, I, you know, I like big melodies, big harmonies, but, um, you know, a lot of his music is very ambient and stuff like that. So I, anyway, it, I heard it, I heard it again. And then I was like, oh, there's this, is, this, it's going through my head. And so I just, I just kept playing it over and over. And I was like, this is really great. I, I love it. And so it's his albums coming out in September. It's called player piano but it's like player comma piano so Mm -hmm. i haven't i wanted to surprise myself i didn't want to know i don't want to know anything about it until i until it comes out and i hear it but i feel like from the title it might just it might be an instrumental album i but i don't know Mm -hmm. anyway yeah so anyway that's my main do you know anything about it i kind of don't um it is
2: the last song on my juxtaposition selected for july really well there yes. you go okay and you told me well you told me it was coming out so then mm-hmm. i went online to find it i'm like yeah Ooh. so then i got hooked on it
0: yeah like it's kind of like an earworm an instrumental and earworm
2: and i love i love being able to play instrumentals on the radio because people say you can't so i do mm-hmm. um and it's just it's very 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 pretty it is it's but really it's also cool. very sad it's sort of like that yeah the, yeah
0: yep the other thing which is a hundred and 80 degree difference for that I've been listening. That I I don't know why I'm sort of obsessed with this um Instagram, TikTok girl. Her name is Jax, J A X. I think I mentioned her mm-hmm. before. Oh, yeah, no. you have, yeah. I think I think I love her because she's so kind. She she um sort of turns the whole um you know she she turns everything on upside down on its head and she has a song called Victoria's Secret that is really um basically the whole thing is I know Victoria's Secret she was made up by a dude so like the whole song is about you know um how you know this whole mythology was created about Victoria's (laughs) Secret and then you know like she's saying, you know, selling skin and bones with boobs. The whole thing Mm -hmm. is just turning it, you know, upside down and how it's all BS. Um, But she, I've heard her do it a million times and in a million different ways. And then someone, she a little girl covered her song that she posted. It was like a six year old girl that was covering it as in like a school auditorium or something. And, you know, she's like, this is why this reminds me why I write songs. You know, and it was like this uh, little girl singing this really kind of empowering song. You probably didn't realize how empowering it might be as at six years old or whatever. But anyway, Jax's song has been going through my head. And so I had to give her a shout out.
1: Wow, that's really cool. All right, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to throw an ad in here. And when we come back in about 30 seconds, we have a very special guest who is joining us. Julianne Worden. So stick around and and check out our interview with Julianne. See you in a minute. In the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, your pizza delivery guys, Dan, Sean, and Paul serve you a slice of life. We talk to women in comedy, voice actors, film directors and producers, authors. We also talk about conspiracy theories, the Muppets, our top three films of the decades, famous people we confuse with each other, and our favourite stand-up comedians. We have recast Star Trek The Original Series and Babylon 5, and created our alternative superheroes. But most of all, we have had so much fun doing it every two weeks. Two weeks! The Cosmic Pizza Podcast is not about the cosmos or about pizza.
2: And we are back... And uh, this week, we are very lucky to have with us uh, Julianne Worden. And uh, she is a uh, singer-songwriter. Her album, uh, Goodbye Forgetting" was released in August of 2020. It is available on Spotify and a couple other places I'm sure she'll tell us about. She also, though, for the purposes of this show, is a travel advisor for Rick Steves and uh, one of the hosts of Monday Night Rick, which is on every Monday night. It's free. And they talk about travel. And um, thank you for coming on.
4: Thank you for having me, Rob. It's my first time on a podcast, so very really? excited to be oh, here. Wow. Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow.
1: Awesome. It's, a, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for hanging out with
2: us.
4: Yes, thank you for having me.
2: So we, I want to, since you since this is a music podcast and you are a musician, can you just kind of talk about the album? Because I, I I was really surprised when. I heard it that like, I I think she made the whole record during the pandemic. And I think you're the first artist I know of that I actually interacted with that made an actual album in the pandemic.
4: Yes. So um, the songs are from, I think the first song I wrote was in 2015, maybe. And so it was just kind of an accumulation of those songs over the years, just nine of them. But I'd always dreamt of making an album, but I thought, oh, well, it's expensive because I recorded it at Bear Creek Studios with um, Ryan Havlock, was the producer. And he's awesome. He worked with the Lumineers. And I thought, wow, it would be so cool to work with him. And so then finally I was like, well, if I don't do it now, maybe I'll never be able to make this album. Um, And so we jumped in in February 2020 was the first time I went to the studio, did a few songs. And I thought, well, it'd be fun to trying to make a full album. And then the pandemic hit. And I was messaging with him. It's I'm pretty local to where they are. So it's easy to be in touch. And then in May 2020, I went back and it was just Ryan and I in the studio and Taylor, the engineer, and a lot of the musicians the second time around, they would just record things in their home studio and then send it in, and then kind of layered on ryan was nice he's like yeah i invited them into the studio the first time since you'd never experienced that before so i was like oh that was nice but um so it was um, quite an experience being there thankfully there's so few of us we were just wearing masks and um but it was so much fun it was just a really a dream experience doing that so
2: and it is on spotify is there any place else people can find the the album there i know there is
4: yeah, I no. have it on just um, Spotify, Amazon Music, all of the it. regular uh, streaming services out there. So,
2: with your with your job uh, with uh, with Rick Steves, you talked to a lot of people that are planning trips and planning vacations, and then also living in Washington, where there, you know it's a city or a state where there's a lot of travel back and forth by boats and and things. How do the people you interact with, you know, when when they call to book a tour and things, do they say, Hey, we're looking, you know, when we go to a tour? Like if we're going to Spain or if we're going to Portugal, um, we want to hear, you know, some flamenco music or we want to hear some some fado. Does does music come into any of their tour planning?
4: The tours. Rick is a huge music fan. He was a piano instructor growing up. And that's how he first uh, went over to Europe with his dad, who bought and sold pianos, which is kind of fun. So Rick is really into music and I know on our Spain and Portugal tours, I believe they do go to a flamenco night for the Spain tours and then um, Fado in Portugal. And he covers Fado on one of his uh, TV episodes as well. And so Rick does try to incorporate it in like Vienna. They do some music nights or at least recommend that people do that in the time, their own time. Um, Sorry if you can hear my dog. Um, But yeah, Rick always wants to include that. And on Monday night travel, we had a, talk about favorite things to do when traveling. And I said, go to an open mic. You know, it's a great place, way to meet people. Rick is always talking about uh, interacting with locals. And that's the easiest way to break the ice, I think, is, wow, that was great to a musician who loves to talk about their music, usually. so
1: In your own traveling, how many open mics have you participated in?
4: Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I have only done One, I've played music a couple times, but not in an open mic setting. But it was in London, actually, at the, I think the Hammersmith Pub is what it was called. And I was with my sister and her two friends. We were traveling and I was like, oh, I think it'd be really fun to do an open mic. I'm sure they have a guitar I could use. And her friends were kind of reluctant, like, oh, you know, we could do something else. But uh, so I went and it was so much fun. There was a big crowd that night because a guy in some office was playing. So a lot of people from his office had come. And they came and we had a blast. It's just such an easy way to talk and meet people, talk with people and meet people. So Mm -hmm. I recommend it to everyone, even though I've only done one myself, but.
2: And I I love this idea of how travel connects people to new music. Like when I go to a city, whether it's in America or wherever I go, I try to seek out sort of like the musical culture there um, as part of my experience, whether it's a record store, although now it's down to two, I'm not allowed to go to more than two. Or if it's like like, a, like an open mic night, or just hearing you know bands play or, or artists play, um, how important do you think that is to people when they travel to connect with music or new music or like have music be a part of their 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 traveling experience?
4: I hope it becomes more popular for people because listening to a different culture's music really shows you a lot about that culture, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like hearing, I like to listen to the radio when I go abroad, because you kind of hear what yes. everyone else is listening to. And like in Germany, just hearing their music, the German culture is just an interesting one for me that I can't really pinpoint. Yeah. And It's pretty reserved, but then you see their comedies kind of just kind of funky. And then their music is kind of, I don't want to say stiff, but
0: I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. Maybe Stephanie. Yeah. Maybe you could. I've actually I I haven't really been there since I was yeah. a kid, but yeah, I agree with you. And it, 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 you're right. I, there, I mean, I guess it's certainly where you where you go would go or to, or or visit which establishments or whatever. But yeah, I, in general, I agree. Yeah.
3: I also think with a country like Germany, it varies so much from city to city. You go somewhere like Munich, and it's probably going to be a little stiffer. But you go to Berlin, which is very right hip. Right. You're going to you're going to hear some pretty cool stuff and experimental stuff in Berlin.
2: Or even like if you go to Dusseldorf, everything's got like that, like three, four beat that everybody um, when they make jokes about, you know, dance music. It's every every type of like. Stereotype about electronic music is is Mm -hmm. what exactly what Dusseldorf sounds like. Right. Um, Yeah. Which is which is kind of interesting. Do you have a favorite um, place that you've been that like just really when you think of it like music comes to mind Mm -hmm. like for me i think of like when i when i I think of you know Prague, i immediately jumped to gypsy music right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. or vienna i think of like the tons of classical stuff i heard in like you know a week but do you have a particular place
4: i would say france just because i've spent the most time there i have a family friend there that i've been able to visit since i was 14, um, doing exchanges with her. So it was really neat to do that. But just the lyrics in French music, since it is just such a beautiful language and that kind of just seemed like a whole other window hearing that just, I don't even know how to explain it. Just though, it's just, it seems like it's just very melodic in general, their language, so it's very easy to make beautiful song lyrics with it. So I definitely think of French just because, or French music, because I've heard so much of it growing up. And I remember thinking as a kid, They have American and British music on the radio, of course, but then mixed in with their French songs. I thought, oh, it's such a shame in the U.S. unless you sought out like an international radio Mm -hmm. station or something that there's so much great music in the world that we miss out on. And it's neat to connect on that American music or rich English music, I guess, with um, with people when you're traveling. But I just think, wow, it's a, a shame that it's not more just in the culture.
3: I think that's an interesting point, Julianne, because I I think back to when I was a teenager um, and when I was a kid and streaming hadn't really become a thing. So I would go to Italy. My parents had a second home in Italy, so we would go every summer. Um, We'd be in restaurants or I'd put on the radio and hear that mix, as you say, of Italian along with American and British artists. In In the 2020s, we now have Spotify. We have Apple Music. So if you want to experience that kind of foreign language music, there's an avenue to do it. And I kind of just wish that more people would be inspired to step a little bit outside of their comfort zone and go ahead and actually seek that out.
0: Yeah, that's right. Because certainly on the radio or mainstream radio, you do not get that ever.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, here,
0: here, I mean, in the States. So
1: Julianne, and for anybody who wants to answer when you're traveling, do you gravitate more toward the traditional music of whatever area you're in or the, the pop music or mm-hmm. both?
4: I would say both. You hear some more of the pop on the radio. Um, I like pop, but um, I usually tend to listen to other genres more. But it is fun to hear. Um, but yeah, traditional music is what I love. And usually that's what everyone knows, especially in France, I've experienced that. You hear an old song from the 60s or something, and they're all singing at a, at a party. And if you know how to sing it or play it too, they're all like, you know that song. So that's just a really fun way to connect with people.
3: I've been really bad in that my only international trips in the last 12 years have been to go home plus my one week in Japan. So I can only really speak to my trip to Japan and that really was a mix. Um, part of it was the the programming. I went to Japan um, as part of my MBA program. So there was a set element of it which included some cultural immersion. So we stayed at a and, you know, there, there was... A lot of traditional Japanese music being piped through mm-hmm. in the lobby and so on. Um, but I again made an effort to hear some of the really weird stuff that comes out of Japan in the pop oh, scene, yeah. in the rock yeah. scene, in in the dance music scene. um it's a pretty bonkers place um musically,
0: well, I was just thinking about uh, that you know when you when you go traveling and, and you go to the to see the local music scene or the you know regional scene. You know, you not only kind of immerse yourself in just the music, but it's also what clubs are you're going to and what clothing store, you know, I feel like it's like a whole culture that you can experience because of the music itself. And I remember, I mean, I, most of my trips recently, and I'm saying in the last fifteen years have been bird watching oriented. so I go to bed at, you know, you know, nine at night and and get up at four. So I'm not going to music clubs, but when I'm thinking back to, you know, when I was touring with the Aquanetas or when I was just taking trips with my friends, when I was younger, we would go say to London and, you know, we'd experience the whole, it was, I remember, especially going when it was um, you know, like happy Mondays, primal scream. It was like that whole scene of that kind of music, but you know, it was it was seeing those bands and it was seeing some lo- more local um, things too, you know, more um, specifically regional or or, or local, but um, it was also the culture of going then going to go to that record shop or that cool clothing store and you know just the whole that whole package that's involved and not, not just the music itself but everything mm-hmm. that it encompasses.
2: Yeah, for me it's it's both as well. I mean, I make it a point even when I travel domestically to try to do that. Like when I was in DC uh, a couple months ago, I went to a bunch of go-go bars to hear go-go music. Right. And Mm -hmm. like, if you go to new Orleans, you want to hear, you know, as much of that type of stuff as you can soak in. Right. And I very much like will come up with songs for places. Somehow a song, if I hear it somewhere, will associate me with a place. Usually it is a song that is, related to that region but like when we landed in Prague got in the car the very first thing I heard on the on on the uh, on the radio was a was a Czech guy going on and on he was very excited and then I heard the Rolling Stones right and then the next three songs were like some Czech stuff I never heard of and then it was Bette Midler right um it was just like I have I discovered the weirdest radio station in, in the Czech Republic right and I make it a point to go all the way, I start on the left of the dial and go all the way down to the right. I, I love doing that just because you never know what you're gonna hear. And sometimes it's absolutely brilliant. I Sometimes I have to set aside the, the preconceptions of, of music and assume that like every different country's pop music is gonna sound like ours, where I might just go, oh, I'm not gonna like this, like, because with our pop stuff. But then when I hear the pop stuff in Japan, I'm like, this is amazing, right? There's, there's all this weird pop music stuff that comes out of Italy that I'm just like, what is this? This is just bizarre. And then for me, that's a gateway to learning more about like the food, the books, the movies, everything that comes with that. Um, that's just kind of how I'm wired. So I do both. Have y'all seen,
1: I, I, haven't, I haven't looked at it in a long time, so I'm not going to be able to be able to remember what it's called or how to get to it. But there's this web platform where you can tune into any radio station in the world. Oh, yeah, the the
2: Radio Garden or uh, whatever. Oh, my gosh, it is amazing.
0: It's so cool. It's like a map with every, and you can click on any single one of them. You're like, whoa, that's just every single radio station ever.
1: And it's so disappointing when you click on something in, like, Lisbon (laughs) or something in Africa, and it's playing Beyonce or something, and you're like, I hear that all the time. (laughs) I don't want to hear that from you know, but yes. it, it's so cool to be able to to just listen to any point in the world is
2: incredible. It is incredible. And for me, like, too, when I hear the music of a place, it makes me want to go there. Um, I really, really want to go to Turkey now just because I've heard so much incredible Turkish music. And the same thing with Morocco. There's a lot of really great, like, kind of the sound of it is just unlike anything in the West, right? I want to go to places because I hear the music. That's that's how I think, and I, I very much associate music with place a lot. Am I the only person that does that, or is that a thing a lot of no, people do?
0: I definitely associate music with place and also or or yeah, places I've been and just trips, even if it's a local place. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, I I don't have to go to France or something to to think of to associate, you know. I can go to my nature center and think about something that, you know, that's going through my head or that I've, that I associate with, with it. So
3: it could be anywhere really for me. And I could certainly say my last probably five or six trips home, whatever I've been obsessed with musically at that time, I then associate with that trip. So my most recent couple of trips, which as Alan and Rob know were basically back to back a lot of sparks because I'd just Mm -hmm. seen them live. Um, I go back a few years and, um, one of my trips, I'd been listening to a lot of Marina in the diamonds and that trip is now that's her trip because that was what was going through my head at the time. Um, Yeah. Good point.
2: Yeah. Like for me, whenever I hear Regina Spector now, I think of waiting and waiting and waiting to get through customs, to, uh, get out of Dallas to, to leave for going to Europe. So it's, it's kind of weird how you associate those things. Even if it's American music, right? And I, for me, it's it's kind of jarring too to hear like American or like Western music in non English language countries. Even though, yeah. you know, you know that like this, the Beatles are everywhere, you know, the Rolling Stones are everywhere, but it's just when you hear them, like when you hear Joni Mitchell in like Poland or something, it's just like, it's kind of weird, uh, but it's also beautiful, right? It just kind of, for me, it's like, Okay, music levels the playing field. Everybody's got this like expression that they do, um, that's pretty amazing, and I love that. I just think that's neat.
4: I just think um, hearing American music abroad is always fun. But I never appreciated English as much as I did until I heard um, people sing really nice songs with a really strong French accent. I'm like, man, English is a nice language. You know, <laughs> there's this woman in a just a small church in a rural town. We went to a concert. And she was singing "Hallelujah," and Ooh. I was like, "Oh, it's such a beautiful song." But she had a beautiful voice, but just with her accent, she was just kind of butchering it. I was like, "Oh my everyone, you know, loved it." But I think I was the only native English speaker, but it's funny. <laughs>
1: that
4: is funny. <laughs> imagine uh, if she
3: had translated that into French; it would have <laughs> sounded fantastic.
4: Yes, that would have been a much better idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: What are some destinations that
1: you haven't got to yet that you would really love to do? Like what's on your to-do list?
4: Mm-hmm. Musically or just in general? Traveling in general. Broad- mm-hmm. I would say in 2020, I was supposed to go to Spain um, with work. I was just in the this very small town in the north of Spain, just near the French border once. But that just seems like a very welcoming culture. And it is fun how you go farther south. It's warmer. People are kind of friendlier in general and um, or more open and Turkey I'd love to go to like mm. you Rob just just because it's different I've been to Europe um, many times and Turkey is just kind of getting out there a little bit more and experiencing um, a slightly not slightly but a different culture than that of um, yeah. more Western Europe so Turkey's high on my list and just everywhere I've I, being at Rick Steves I feel like I'm one of the least traveled people just hearing people have been all over the world you know
3: so
1: Well, I am certainly the least traveled person on this podcast because I have been nowhere. So music and food are really my ways of experiencing other cultures. And and Mm -hmm. I I really love it. I would like to travel more, but I just haven't really, I just haven't done it, you know. But Toronto is the farthest flung that I have been. And that's barely a, a different culture.
0: Yeah, but that's, that's you know, you're in Canada, so that's that's something. <laughs> I actually want to take, I want my kind of, a, one of a dream trip of mine is to take a train through Canada. I think that, yeah. I, and I know they have those. I mm-hmm. think that would be amazing. I, I love Canada. I've been there a few times, um, recorded in Vancouver for a month. And, you know, I just I just would love to see sort of, you know, instead of each coast I would like to, just go through the whole the whole thing and see it. Yeah. Another dream trip is is New Zealand and Australia. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. you really mm-hmm. need a lot of time to do that. And it's yeah. a big, big thing. But
2: yeah, my my wife went to Australia and when she was there, she talks about that the one of the things that she loved the most is she got to hear Aboriginal music. Yeah. And that I'm like, how is it? She's like, I can't describe it to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm like, really? She's like, it's just so Powerful. I'm like. Does it sound like Dead Can Dance? Does it sound like you know, um, the sort of like really ethereal stuff? What's it sound? She's like, I just can't explain it. It's just amazing. So like, I want to do that just to take that. You know, I think I think along those lines too. Um, yeah, like like
0: uh, Crowded House and and Split Ends. That you know, I love them so much, and they're from New Zealand, and that made me get interested in that in that whole yeah. kind of. Or you know, music that's original to to the that country, really. and um uh, and made me want to go there and explore it for myself, but I still haven't gotten there, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah i love I love sort of the idea of just associating um, random bits of music with things. Like when you go, you know, in and out of a train station, you'll hear twenty seconds of a song in a different language. And then you spend the rest of the time going, what was that? You know, now we have Shazam and things. We can figure that stuff out. But like, I am one of these travelers. Like, if I hear something and it's on a TV commercial or it's on the radio, it's like, I have to know what it is because I want to like be able to just listen to it fully on my own and process that. Right. Um, Am I the only one who does things like this? Or do you guys each sort of have your own way of like hearing something while you're on the road and then trying to find it and take more of it in?
4: Yeah, I'm the same way. I was thinking about that earlier. As a kid, when we didn't have phones that could pull up the song for us, I would try to listen to the words, but it'd be hard to pick any out. And I'd try to just remember them, you know, like, okay, look this up later when you get home. But there's so many lost. I'm like, man, I can't think of the tunes now. But I think many times we're like, man, I wish I knew what that song was to listen to it in full and maybe learn it, you know, so it's.
3: I I definitely have the same thing. There were songs I heard on the radio in London when I was a kid, let alone in another country, that I never found out what it was. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. And then I think about the ones I heard in in Italy at like a train station in Milan or Livorno or somewhere like that. I'll never find out what that was. And at the time, I just remember going, this sounds amazing.
2: Yeah. I I just think it's incredible just being able to hear snippets. Is there, I know Alan asked you if there are places that you wanted to go that you haven't gone to yet. Is there any sort of place that you would like to go back to because of the music there?
1: I was telling Julianne before we started recording, before y'all came on, that uh, I had just taken my first trip to Seattle earlier this Mm -hmm. year, which you guys know. Um, And that was a dream trip for me. And you know, it's it's not quite the, you know, I mean, I'm so familiar with the Seattle music scene. It's not like it's something that I would want to go back to to like learn more or whatever. I'm like, I know that stuff, but I loved it so much. And I really want to go back to really get into the clubs and um, really explore what's happening on the music scene now, you know, rather than Nirvana and that kind of stuff. I want to really yeah. see what's happening
2: on on the ground, right at that moment, um, I will like make it a point, like as I'm planning a trip, to find out. Okay, what is the national radio um, the, the so I can listen to that? What is the underground radio? Like, it, do they have like the equivalent of like an American college radio station? I I try to find out, and if it's on the internet, I'll try to listen to it before I go. Um, I spent, you know hours listening to hungarian radio online while i was packing to go to hungary um and then i got there and i heard none of it in actual Hungary, right because it was all western music Um, but i love that i really it, it helps me feel like like when i'm getting ready for a trip it helps me get in the mindset that i'm going but then when i'm home it also makes me think about it and i i love this idea of connectivity with um, with memory and, and, and place with music. But I also think too, the discovery aspect of it is really important.
4: I love that idea of listening to the music before you go. I think I'll start doing that. I've recommended if you're learning a language, like, yeah, listen to the music of the place because that's a great way you kind of learn the lyrics and it's easier to pick things up that way. But just to kind of prep for the trip, I think that's a great idea. And-
2: Yeah. With like, with like France, I, I love like all those Francois Hardy records and Julian Greco records and things. And I was like trying to hunt all that stuff down to listen to before we went to Paris. And I told myself, I'm going to understand what they're singing and try to uh, try to identify, you know, some of the places and, and stuff like that. Right. And it was useless. It was just impossible to do, but I still love the fact that I've heard all these great records, you know, um, and all this great music and sometimes you know it's not even i know we talked about radio but like sometimes too it's just very organic like i remember um i was in edinburgh and they there were just like we have buskers here with guitars they just have random people on the streets with bagpipes and yes I, which, <laughs> I was just like this is the coolest thing in the world i called my mom from edinburgh and uh I, I got her on the phone she's like where are you i'm like i'm in scotland and then i held up the phone so she could listen Right. It's just like, I'm never going to listen, go to Scotland, but now I know what it sounds like. And I just thought that was cool. Right. And then like, when you go to like Thailand and Cambodia, the street musicians there, it's like this, that is almost as vibrant as like the club scenes, you know? So I, I, I like that aspect of it too.
0: Or like seeing people playing in a tube station in London, or something like that. Or you know, of course, in New York City, you know, seeing cool something cool in the in the subway.
2: But like better in London than they are in New York.
0: uh, Really, (laughs) I can't really. I don't know if I could say one or the other, but I. I, And I also know that uh, Ireland. I've never been to Ireland. That's another trip I'd love to take. Um, But I know that that goes on, for you know there as well. I'm sure it goes on so many countries, but
2: yeah mm-hmm. do do people uh julianne when they call you and set up do they want to book a tour do they like say oh i got this playlist ready of stuff or does that even enter into the process i know you talk about sometimes when you go to cities you'll put music in you know uh, uh, stops and stuff but do you you know do they do people do people come to you like already ready with like their musical map of their trips
4: I wish because then we could just have it on the website and we do have books um, that relate to a place and movies, maybe some TV shows, but I don't think we have any music playlists, which again, I just think is a great idea because just the more familiar you are with it, the more fun it is when you're traveling. But yeah, I've never had a call saying they had a music playlist. Wow,
0: that's interesting. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it's weird because like I will watch like if I'm watching a Monday Night Travel sometimes or if I'm watching one of the Rick shows to figure out where we're going to go. I will, I will make a playlist for that particular place um, of all types of music. I'll like hunt it. And then that helps me get in the frame for looking for it. Um, We're like, like we're planning Iceland soon. Right. And like finding the the, making a musical playlist for Iceland is like awesome because it's all just like amazingly weird. Right. Um, And I'm just wondering, you know, as much as people think about place and uh, locations, I think that we, as a culture, sort of like to stop. We more stumble across music of other cultures than we than we seek it out. And I think that that's one of the th- one of the areas of travel that we don't necessarily do. And it's just it's just that we're not trained to like appreciate other people's music, or you know. Um, but I love that. I love stumbling upon something while I'm preparing to go to a place or, you know, doing that. I never went to, Anthony's going to laugh at me, I would never go even think of going to like an even song um, anywhere or or hearing choral music. But then when we went to London and we did it, it was amazing, right? And like, I'm not a choral music guy, right? But it's amazing when you do that. So now I will always, when I go to England, try to find that component and put it somewhere in my trip because it's just so cool to hear it and experience it. I,
3: I think it's interesting, Rob, about how you say not many people will necessarily seek out foreign music. And I'm wondering I if I want to be wrong. I, I, I think anyone listening to this show is probably the kind of person who would, yeah. but I think that so much of our culture who are listening to the mainstream music just listen to something that's become so homogenized as time has gone by and the proliferation of country pop and country rock and then what's going on in in modern commercialized hip-hop it it, it feels so siloed and there's it's like they found Mm -hmm. a formula and the producers kind of stick to it and so once you get out of that you know, minds start opening up and people are maybe a little yeah. more interested in seeking out other genres, other cultures, yeah. uh, other languages. But sometimes it takes that little push away from the mainstream to get there.
2: Yeah. When I, I, I took a deep dive through a French friend of mine into French hip hop, and that was a long three weeks, man, because <laughs> like hip hop is huge. I, I don't know if Julia, yeah. you've seen this, right? Hip hop's huge over there. It's like yes. everywhere. And you don't think of that. And then I remember, you know, I, I really got into it. I went ahead and kept planning my trip. Then I got to Paris and I'm like, literally every car passing by is some form huh. of like hip hop. And I'm like, what the hell are they saying? But it's really cool. But like, is the, you know, it's the age old question. Is the rhyme in their original, in their, like, are they rhyming in French? Or are they rhyming in the translation of English and French? Right. You start thinking like that. Right. Uh, or if you see like a, a punk rock or a metal band, and they're screaming in different languages. You're like, "This is really great." I have no idea what they're saying, but it's great. And I really wish more people would just experience that. Yeah, I've been
3: listening to some great Spanish metal bands recently. So, <laughs> really, oh, cool. yeah. I'm kind nice. of curious about that. I'll send you guys a couple of songs. Awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, Julian, I want to circle back a little bit to your album. I'm curious to know um, when you first started writing music, like what was the impetus for, I want to start, I want to write a song. How did you, how did that journey begin for you?
4: Yes, well, I'd taken guitar lessons. I'm just a mediocre guitar player, but uh, taking guitar lessons as a kid. And my, I just have a musical family. My grandma taught me how to play piano when I was very young. And I visited my cousin down in Sacramento, and it was like 100 degrees out, 110, and it was so hot. And she was working during the day, so I was just kind of sitting inside. And then all of a sudden, I tried writing songs before, but just kind of unsuccessfully. But then all of a sudden, it just kind of um, clicked. And it is that kind of weird thing that people talk about where some songs you don't really know where they came from sometimes it seems like it's sometimes like oh deep from within for me sometimes it feels like it's been kind of like poured in through somewhere else and it's a it's a weird but really cool thing when it does happen and you just kind of have a nice flow so and that kind of opened the I don't want to say floodgates because I haven't written that many songs but uh, just kind of opened that door and just kept writing songs and at that period of my life I was spending. I don't need to get into it much but just a lot of time alone and I think that often mm-hmm. lets you write more just when you're very much mm-hmm. in your thoughts and whatever but yes but I was just so grateful to have the opportunity to work with Ryan and go to a studio and I was so nervous because I was like man they've worked with all these great people and I'm just you know I've played some shows around Seattle but nothing big but they were great and it was a great experience.
2: And I noticed you have a song on the album that which completely escapes me now because I'm horrible. That's in the, where you sing French. Yes. And yes. I'm just wondering, did that just sort of like come to you as um, like a last minute inspiration or was that affected by a trip that you had to France? Or was it just something that like when you wrote the song it just happened that way?
4: That was a song I had written after a trip to France, and as I'd mentioned, I'd spent a lot of time alone. And when I went and visited my friend, she had her uh, siblings and cousins and their friends over, and we just had a they just had a big party just in this rural country home, and it was so much fun. And when I got home, I was just thinking about it, and um, it was just kind of like a smoky paradise, since they all. Smoke over there, and yeah. the the lyrics in French are just talking about the memories of the evening uh, kept in the ashtrays. Um, when you're with true friends, you found paradise is sort of the English translation. But. Yeah, I
2: googled that to make sure that was right. <laughs> All
4: yeah. right, so so
1: here's here's Rob's question: Did you rhyme it in French? Or did no. you write it in English and then <laughs> translate it into French?
4: Rhymed it in French, yeah. Uh, souvenir nice. de la soirée, garde dans les cendriers yeah. ce soir and cendrier. And um, avec les vrais amis, I think it's en a trouvé paradis. So it kind of wow. it rhymes in French. but
2: Very nice. Um, yes. Okay, you are way better at the French talk than I am.
0: Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> wow, yeah.
2: okay. That's funny.
0: I was actually just thinking about writing part of a song with so, uh, like a just a verse in french but the rest of it in english because it's sort of about um my roots my family's roots in in french canadian you know areas and so i was was thinking about just putting a little thing but i don't think my accent can compare at all to yours so forget it
4: even <laughs> hearing my accent i'm like man that is so far from well french
0: what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes. i do have i have another song that i didn't put on the album but it's uh, entirely in french and that one again just tried to rhyme the french but then i swapped it into english at the very end for the last mm-hmm. um, chorus so that's kind of fun <laughs>
0: So now, did it rhyme in in
4: English at all? (laughs) I did have to alter it slightly, (laughs) but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Julie,
1: who are who are some of your influences? Some of your favorite artists that inspire you?
4: Yeah, gosh, it's hard to say because the music that mine sounds like isn't necessarily who I listen to that often. I like folky stuff. I think maybe that's it. Just growing up with my grandma, she just had a lot of folk music and. Just how they're more stories, and it just—I often think my music can be kind of repetitive. But just how they, uh, how to say, just the verses are the same, and you know, there's a chorus that doesn't necessarily sound much different than the rest of it. Um, and it's less like up to the, like the peak of the song, and then the bridge. How a lot of mm-hmm. modern songs follow that um, formula, which is great. But um, so I think about uh, folk songs a lot. I think when I'm writing, just telling stories is what.
0: That came like Bob Dylan flashed into my mind when you said mm-hmm. that, because that's like, you know, mm-hmm. he sort of just tells the story like that and there's not some giant chorus all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes. Yes. That was what, yeah, I think that's definitely more what mine is and just the words I like well I think that's one of the most fun parts.
2: Yeah. I mean, the thing I loved, you know, hearing the album and the height of the, the pandemic is like, it was, it was stories. It, it felt like a series of stories. It felt like I was like going through a novella almost or or a collection of of stories and people don't make albums anymore that really tell little mini stories. They're all songs, but they're not necessarily stories. And I think that turning a song into a story, if you can do it and do it well, it's just, it's so beautiful and it just works.
4: And I think it's fun too, because they're not necessarily stories that happen to me, but it's just a little story floating around in your mind that moves you for whatever reason. And then, Mm-hmm. You can turn it into a song. It's even better.
2: <laughs> so are we going to get uh, anything new? I know you're tired of me asking you this. Uh, are we going to get anything new? Or are you going to work on, on something anytime soon?
4: Gosh, I just uploaded a song that I'd written back in March. I made a little lyric video, which I'd never done before, but it was a rainy day and it was something to do. But just a very quiet song that I just recorded on my phone. But I, I've just been recording very quiet songs lately or writing quiet songs that I don't know if I'd ever go to a studio to record them, but I wrote, um, speaking of folk songs, the song um, Red River Valley. They have, um, it's just like the uh, perspective of a cowboy and like losing his loved one. And I thought, oh, it'd be fun to hear the perspective of the other person in that story. So wrote some lyrics for that one, which has been fun to sing. That's what I feel like I've been playing the most lately, just because I love that song.
0: And I think too. Oh, good. I was going to ask, have you been touring or are you um, playing locally, at least? Are you playing out?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never toured before. I played uh, when I had a different job and I was trying to focus more on music. Just some gigs around Seattle and a lot of open mics, but never toured. I, I Maybe I've told Rob before, playing, just playing by myself, it kind of gets lonely sometimes. You know, yeah. when you're up there, I'm like, oh, man, it'd be fun to find some other people to play with. And
0: mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But Stephanie,
4: think, have you been out yeah. touring or anything lately? I have,
0: you know, to be yeah. honest, since the pandemic, I have not stepped a club really. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a little nervous, but, and I think I have to kind of get over that, but I do miss it. And I do miss, um, you know, s- singing with friends and stuff like that. But I, um, I haven't toured, you know, like an actual real tourist for, for mm-hmm. ages. I'm,
2: I'm kind of, done with that
0: yeah someone else can do that (laughs) I want to stay home
2: (laughs) (laughs) and I guess I guess this is for both of you then um it's a lot different now I think than it was for you Steph is that if you're on the road and you get the if you're in a city and you hear a song you can almost make a song like inspired by that anywhere because of modern technology now which I don't think you could do with the Aquanetas. I mean, Is that, is that something that appeals to you guys as, as musicians is sort of this way to like, you know, you you can take it with you kind of almost.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I recorded my, uh, we recorded, there are birds, my last album here, you know, at the home, at the home studio. And um, like I said, I feel like it's just as good quality as any, as any studio. And the same thing for my single, I mean, Uh, But I know like Julianne, you're saying you, you went into the studio and you did that. So that's an awesome experience, too. You know, I mean, it just there's there's great things about doing both, I think. Yes.
4: Yeah, the studio I went to. Uh, there's just been so many great musicians that have been there from the Seattle area and other places. So right. you can, I have um recording equipment at home, but I'm not necessarily the best with Pro Tools or something. You know, so that was another reason like, man, th- th-
0: you made it sound like that. Wow.
4: <laughs> you know, it sounds so good. But yeah.
0: <laughs> Can't wait to get your record, Julianne. I'm so, can you tell me the title? Yes, yeah. it's called um, Goodbye, Forget Me. Okay, that's what, okay. I couldn't remember yeah. the second part. For it. yeah. It's yeah. so good. It really is really
1: good. Yeah. So. I've been listening to it for the past couple of days and
3: it's yeah. very, very nice. I love it. Awesome. I'll be listening to it over the next few days, but with a title like that, that sounds like a breakup album.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yes, actually, not a breakup album, but a lot of people think so. <laughs> but, yeah.
2: <laughs> I was going to ask you that. I'm like, it sounds like a breakup album, but I don't think it's supposed to be. But I did want to, yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Pfft. Honestly, some of the things, um, more love stories, I haven't really had any grand. Love stories, so they're just kind of more things in my in my head that uh, mm-hmm. pass along, But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, Stephanie, I was reading your guys's Wikipedia page early, so st- earlier, so was oh. fun. Oh, <laughs> like, man, you've toured in Europe. That's so cool. I Have think a... that thing has yeah. to
0: be updated, but yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did a a yeah. couple. A couple tours over there. It was really wonderful. We went up to the Shetland Islands too. Oh wow! Oh yeah. Man. Wow! Yeah, How that cool. was incredible. That was probably wow. the one of the most. That was the most far out place I've ever been. Shetland. Yeah. 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 Nice.
1: <laughs> wow. All right, Julianne, we will let you get on with the rest of your evening or afternoon or whatever it is by, by this time over there. <laughs> Early evening. Early yeah. evening. Yeah. Dust Thanks. Thank you once again. It was an absolute pleasure.
4: Okay. Well, that was awesome for me too. So, Yay. thank you everyone. Yeah. Thank yeah. you.
1: So, Julianne, um I'm I'm sure that I, we have listeners who are wanting to hear more about you and more about your album. So, where can people find more about you on the internet?
4: Gosh, I think I just have my music online. I don't have much of a online presence. Um, but I have Facebook, if I'm Facebook Messenger. <laughs> and um Yeah, I would say that's probably the best way.
2: Cool. Rob, how about you? Uh, You can find me on uh, KDHX every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 central at kdhx.org. You can stream it. The show is also archived for two weeks, so all of our shows at the station are archived for two weeks. You can listen to it um, on a non-Wednesday, right? Uh, Regardless of time zones or place, you can listen to it there. Anthony, how about you?
3: As usual, you can also find me on the Watches in the Fourth Dimension podcast, watching our way through all of Doctor Who from 1963 until now. Uh, we are currently at the end of the John Pertwee era in 1974, and it's taken us three years to get there, so uh, this is going to be a long ride. Uh, you can find us um, on any podcasting platform, including, in all likelihood, the one you are listening to this show on. And you can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at, at watchers 4 d Awesome. Steph?
0: You can find me on Bandcamp, just under my name, Stephanie Seymour. You can find me at my website, which is therearebirds.com, and streaming platforms everywhere.
1: <laughs> awesome. And I have a n- another podcast called Earth Station Trek. It's all about Star Trek, shockingly and i have a small publishing company called cosmic press so find that at cosmicpress.com and on facebook twitter and instagram julianne thank you so much for spending yeah. some time with us it was such a pleasure to meet you and get to know you a little bit
3: it's been delightful julianne yeah, julianne. Really? yeah thank you
4: thank you well it was my pleasure to be on the show it's really fun talking with people who love music and fellow musicians so thank you very much
1: Yay. and hopefully when i make my return trip to seattle we can hang out and have lunch or something.
4: Hit me up if you didn't see the Jimi Hendrix statue. That's always fun. Oh, I saw it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good.
1: Oh, and, and Jimi yeah. Hendrix Park. I went. Oh, yeah. Did yeah, you he know.
2: was he was really excited about Seattle. <sighs> yeah.
1: Yeah. He so should be. Thanks everybody for uh, for this great chat. Um, everybody who's listening, thanks so much. We will see you again next week. Take care and keep rocking on.